And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Psychic Lisa Campion with us. Her website is her name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. She's got a couple books. One is called The Art of Psychic Reiki, Awakening Your Psychic Ability. You were on with me when we talked about the art of psychic Reiki, but explain what that is, Lisa. So um, I was a Reiki teacher for 20, 25 years, and I noticed that when people learned Reiki, often really opened their psychic ability. So I wrote a book about how to manage that, how to what to do if you want to add some, some intuition and some um, psychic ability into your Reiki practice. Tell me, tell me more. You know, like, so one time I had this experience where I was teaching Reiki to somebody and a student came up to me and she said, you know, I, I had to quit Reiki because it opened up, uh, opened up like a, my psychic ability so much that I was seeing ghosts walk through my room and I was hearing things. And I went to my, my Reiki teacher who told me to stop doing, she's like, stop talking about that. You know, that's weird and scary. So cut it out. And she's like, well, I just stopped all of it. I stopped doing Reiki. I stopped everything because I, I didn't, I couldn't get help. I couldn't get training um, on what to do when my psychic ability opened. And I thought that was a shame. And she ended up being such a beautiful Reiki healer. She works with some um, in a hospice with people who are passing. Um, so it's really useful for her to be able to talk to spirits and to, you know, help people transition over. So I wrote the book really for her and for people like her that are um, undergoing these psychic openings when they start learning Reiki. All right. Well, let us uh, go to the calls. You ready? And just see how you can help people. Let's start with Mark in Yosemite, west of the Rockies. Welcome to the show. Hey, Mark. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. How are you, George? Everything's good. You're on with Lisa. What would you like? A general reading, if, if you could, if, if you can pick up on me. Um, uh, do you have a question? It's really good that you have a question about something. Okay. Um question about myself i hate to be selfish here but ah go ahead <laughs> i was hoping she'd pick up on it well i i've, I've uh, got pretty good psychic ability myself i've got not refined it but when i don't think about it and it comes naturally i'm usually spot on mm, that sounds good so i feel like you could really help yourself out by connecting with your spirit guides um, I think that out, being outside in nature is a really good way for you to connect deeply with your spirit guides and that your spirit guides are often part of the natural world. So that's where you're going to find them. And there's a couple of ascended masters that are working with you to help you open your psychic ability. And sometimes you just open your mouth and say things to people that um, are really, really helpful and beautiful for the people to hear that. So your spirit guides are um, are asking permission for you, to you, for you to be an instrument for them. So that's going to happen a lot more in your future. Does that help, Mark? You there? Yes. Does that help you? Yes, that did help. I mean, she's spot on there. I, I do got voices coming, intuition voices coming, uh, leading, guiding, working through my hands. I am an instrument of their use. Now, when you're just giving this reading, Lisa, what are you feeling? Um, I feel like um, like I'm hearing my guides speak directly to me. It's kind of like a channeling, really, George. So I just sort of open my, I never know what I'm going to say. I open my mouth and they, they speak through me. And um, they were really excited to deliver this message directly to Mark because they're, I just feel like he's a special person. 
um, and here for a really specific reason to help other people um, and that they want to encourage and support him. Let's go next to Chris in Milwaukee on the wild card line. Hey, Chris, thanks for calling. Oh, thanks for taking my call, George. Sure. What can we do for you? Uh, so recently, in the last like, couple of years, I've experienced a lot of loss. Uh, lost a lot of loved ones, I, wars, all these things. And the thing that's gotten to me the most is uh, we had to euthanize my dog, Max. Mm-hmm. He's an Australian cattle dog. And I'm just wondering if there's any way that uh, the guest to be able to try and contact Max. I don't know if you can do that with animals or not, but... Yeah, I'm so sorry you've been through that. That is, I think, one of the hardest losses. Me too. I lost my beloved golden retriever during the pandemic. So I just want to, my heart goes out to you and I understand how much that hurts. I definitely feel like Max is around. I feel like he um, is, I get him like sort of at your feet or by your legs, maybe while you're sleeping or sitting under your, like under your desk where your legs are and he's there and he's watching out for you. Because he's not really going to leave until he knows you're okay. I don't think he's in trouble. Like, he's happy where he is. But he's not He's not going fully until he makes sure he doesn't want you to be alone. And he says something like you need to, um, you need to get out more <laughs> or you need to go make some new connections and don't be afraid of opening your heart and loving again. That makes a lot of sense. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Hope you feel it. And again, when this happens to you, Lisa, how do you initially get these these impressions? That one was really a feeling, so I could really feel like feel what was going on inside his heart and feel what was going on inside the dog the dog's heart too. So, animals to me that have something that I always call thought feelings. It's like a combination of a thought and a feeling together, and um, I was feeling it, you know, in my heart that time. Lisa's with us in New York City. Lisa, thanks for calling. Hi there. Hi, George. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Um, So I was wondering if you could connect with someone I lost exactly 11 months ago today. His name is Dave. David passed 11 months ago, Lisa. Was he a friend? A boyfriend? Boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I feel like he's still watching over you. Um, I think that he could use some prayers or help um, that you want. You might want to just pray for him, light, go to church or synagogue and light a candle for him. Um, you know, he needs a little assistance in his passing. Um, he's, there's still so much love and connection there between you, and I feel like he's very sorry that he left you. Um, it wasn't what he wanted. It wasn't what he was planning. And Things just went a different direction for him, um, and he's still watching over you. But I feel like there's some, some, some way you can help him complete his crossing if you pray for him a lot. Okay, so he hasn't completely crossed, or? Well, I think he's still, like, really connected to you, you know? So maybe you need to tell him you're going to be okay. Um, I, do think, I don't think he's suffering or struggling. He's just very still with you. I don't know if he thinks you're okay. Is he waiting? He's waiting. He's waiting to see your, to see if you're going to be okay. You know, and sometimes death is a process. It doesn't feel like it's wrong to me. What's happening. It's just taking a while um, to complete the process. And a lot, he's very connected to you. So 
pray for him, tell him that you're going to be okay. If you feel like you're okay, and maybe get some grief counseling or support if you feel like you need to yeah. support around it. Yeah, I don't, I don't really feel okay, to tell you the truth. How, how old yeah. was he, Lisa? How old was he? Yeah. 66. Oh, that's, he was that's eight, still young. Eight years older than me. What did he yeah. finally, what did he succumb from? Uh, well, he had cancer in the kidney, oh, and it, it spread into the aorta, and they did surgery, and then during the surgery, a piece of the tumor broke off and went, shot into his heart, and then it went into his lungs. So ultimately, it was a pulmonary embolism caused by the cancer. He, he never woke yeah. up from the operation? Never woke up, No. Yeah, he made, he made like He died still. three days after the surgery. Oh, that's such a sad story, and I'm so sorry for both of you. I, I just feel like he, he wants me to tell you he was he didn't want to leave you. He was going to stay with you forever, you know, if he, as long as he could. Um, yeah. And he, he's, he's not fully gone until you're okay. So whatever you need to do, if you need counseling or grief support, um, he's really with you because he didn't want to leave. Yeah, I feel him around me all the time. I always yeah. talk yeah. to him. Um, so does this mean he's, like, not at peace or he's not no. happy? No, he is at peace. I mean, he's sad, but he's not stuck. He's not a ghost. Um, okay. It's not that. It's more like he's not really, um, he's not ready to give up on you. You know, he's still really connected to you. He's not leaving fully until you're okay. But he's not but, suffering. It's, he's okay. He's just super tied into you. But but is it important for him to fully leave? Um, you know, there's no time really where he is. Like, he's not experiencing time the way you are. Um, so we, I I think eventually when you're okay, he's going to go. There's no okay. rush, right? There's no rush. It's okay if it takes a little while. He's not in trouble. He's not stuck. He's not suffering. He's just sticking around until he make, he's making sure you're okay. Because I feel like the only thing that is helping me get through is that I do feel him around a lot. Yeah, yeah. so he's not leaving until he's not leaving. Okay. He's not. He knows yeah. if he if he leaves, that's going to be hard for you. So that's why he's still here, and it's okay. It's not a problem for him. He's happy to stay as long as he need as long as you need him. Okay. All right, Lisa. Thank feel you. free to stay in touch with us too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, George. Sorry, thank sorry you for your loss. That's really rough. Very welcome. And uh, your compassion shows through too, Lisa. Mm. That's important. That is very important. It's not easy, is it? No. You know, but it is beautiful, um, I think, to help people who are um, who need help like this. You know, it's very healing for me to do it. Next up, let's go to Josephine, first-time caller in San Pedro, California. Hello, Josephine. Welcome. Hello. Hi. How can we help you, Joes? Well, I'm told that my father and my husband passed separately, and I'm wondering if there's any message from them or what's going on. Her father passed. Your, her father passed, father, and her husband. And your husband. Yeah. Yes. What was? What were their names? My father's name was Marion, not a woman. Marion, mm-hmm. and my husband's name was Eddie. Marion and Eddie, Lisa. Marion and Eddie. So I, I feel like they're... Do you have children? Yes. Yeah, so I feel like they're very protective of your children, that they're guarding guarding you and watching your children. 
um, I feel like their presence is like a protector, protective spirit in your house. Um, and both of them are watching over you. They remind me kind of of like guard dogs, like walking around your house, patrolling your house to make sure you and your children are safe. Um, that would be good. <laughs> yeah, and that, that they're they're just protecting you and your kids. Yeah, I probably think it's probably more of my grandchildren because my my children are adult children and they're not here. But yeah, but yes, that so sounds it. right. They're yes. Looking over your your grandchildren, um, they were very close. Love, yes. A lot of protection and and to bring you some luck. They say you need a lucky break that you've had a um, a difficult time and you're going to have some luck come your way in the next six months. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you, you beautiful, helpful people. You're very welcome, indeed. We haven't had any psychic vampires call you yet, Lisa. <laughs> no, I don't think they often call in here looking for help, but if they do. Have you ever been attacked by one? Yeah, you know, um, I have. And it was a weird story because it was. Um, what happened? Kind of a combination of a psychic vampire and somebody who practiced black magic, George, which is way more common than you might think. So I was dealing with, um, like, really like a psychic attack, and the, the person that was doing that was um, was a black magic practitioner. And it, it just really took me down for about six months. I got really sick. I had no energy. I had a, a really bad run of bad luck. And I needed a little help to get out of it, so I worked with some of my, my friends and colleagues to disconnect it from me, and then and then I felt better. But it, I, it wasn't a fun experience, and I, I hope it doesn't happen again. Let's take some more calls before the break, and then we'll wrap things up. Let's go to Marie in Sterling, Illinois. Welcome to the program. Hi, Marie. Hi, oh, Maria. <laughs> Marie, Maria. Maria. We got to get Tommy to learn Thank how to you. spell your name. Thank you very much for taking my call. Um, so it's really hard. I actually had two questions, but um, we only get one. Okay, okay. So about four years ago. I started losing my eyesight in one eye. I've had problems with both eyes, but it was due to diabetes. I've had cataract surgeries, um, vitrectomies in both eyes, and a retinal reattachment in my right eye. But the retinal reattachment was too little too late, and I'm legally blind in my right eye. Um, I had a late, I have a really close lady friend, her husband came over my apartment three years ago and lay hands and pray over my eyesight for my eyesight to be healed and her husband claims that he felt God tell him that I would see again that I would be healed but yet he didn't have a time frame as to when or how that was going to be but the the retinal specialist and doctor said that I would never get my eyesight back so what is your question my eyes so I'm asking her um, who's right, the doctors and the natural or my lady friend and her husband that really believe that God wants to heal my eyesight? Am I ever going to get my eyesight back and be healed in my right eye or no? You know, it seems to me like that um, the nerve damage in your eye is, or the damage in your eye is pretty profound, like it's pretty strong physical damage. I think it's possible you could see some improvement, but I'm not sure you're going to get back to maybe what you're hoping to. Um, I, this is such an interesting thing. I feel like this is a past life issue for you. 
Uh, Maria, and that you might really benefit from working with somebody that can help you clear up some of your past lives around this, um, and that that might also, as well as the hands-on healing, um, help you get gain a little bit of your eyesight back. I think not fully. I don't think it's possible to fully get it back, but I think you could have some improvement. So if you can find somebody to help you with some past life stuff, that would be very beneficial. You know, Lisa, they're doing some pretty remarkable things now with uh, chips in terms of uh, vision yeah. and eyesight and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So who I knows think, what you know, I think you could. Who knows? Yeah, you could have some improvement. Let's hope technology continues and, med- and med- medicine continues to improve that. And I think with some hands-on healing and some past life work, you also might improve it. Are you, both of your books available now? Yeah, so I have um, three books now. They're um, all available. You can find them on Amazon. Um, and, and yeah, definitely. The other one is called Energy Healing for Empaths. Yep. That was a uh, award-winning book, too, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it won a cover award. Um, and that's the one where I talk more about um, energy vampires. So if you're interested in that topic, it's in that book. If you ever come, what do you, what's your recommendation in about 30 seconds if you ever come across a psychic vampire? Cover your arms over your solar plexus. Don't look them in the eye. Um, and imagine a big bubble around you so that you're um, instantly putting up some psychic self-defense. So they can't get into you, huh? Yes, that's right. All right, we're going to come back in just a moment with Lisa Campion and take final phone calls here as we do some readings and talk about psychic vampires as well. Her website is her name, linked up at coasttocoastam.com. And welcome back. We're back with Lisa Campion, George Norrie with you. Lisa, can some psychic vampires self-diagnose themselves? Yeah, I think some can, George. You know, I, I have had people approach me and say, I think I'm a psychic vampire. What do I do about it? And um, that's really hopeful to me because they know and they want to change. Will they be the victim ones? Yeah, they're usually the victim ones that, that want to do that, and it's a bit of a shock to them to realize they might be. Um, but I feel like it's very hopeful and um, and a good thing that they are, you know, they're noticing and wanting to do something about it. Are narcissists psychic vampires? Yeah, oftentimes they really are. And they fall into the, so. predatory, the predatory type. Um, and, and there's a range there. So there's some sort of mild narcissist, you know, people with narcissistic tendencies, and they, um, they they can also change, too. But if you get really into the psychopathic type um, narcissist, then that, that's not going to be something that they can change or even think that they should. And I assume the predatory type, that's the worst kind of psychic. Vampire. Yeah, it's the worst kind. And it's it's really damaging if you're, you know, if you've had an encounter or if you've been in a long-term relationship with somebody like that, you're going to come out with some damage for sure. Let's go to the phones again. Let's go west of the Rockies. Heather's with us in California. Hello, Heather. Welcome to the program. Hello. Thank you both for all you do for everyone. Thank you. What can we do for you? Um, I was hoping that um, Lisa may be able to reach um, my little sister. She passed away on July 9th, um, and nobody knows what happened. Uh, They just found her laying in her bed with her hands folded. And um, a lot of strange things have happened here, and I was hoping it wasn't her mad at me. Uh, and uh, I was just hoping she was okay. How old was she, Heather? Well, she would have turned 48. She's 48 years old? And they just. And what's, her, what's her name? April? April. April. 
Um, so I do feel like she died of natural causes. Um, I don't think there was anything really fishy, even though I get it was mysterious. Um, I'm not sure she took care of her health. So there was something underground, like in the back going on with her health. And I yeah. do feel like she's okay. Um, she's trying to send you a message. So I, she may be like moving things around your house or flickering your lights or doing things, but she's not angry at you at, at all. She just wants you to know that she's with you and that she's okay. Did she, great. did she have some health issues, Heather? Yes. Yes, she, she did. She had quite a few for her age, you know, blood yeah. pressure and a lot of things. Um, and uh, her and I didn't really see eye to eye on a lot of things. And um, I had her block, unfortunately, since May. So I, I had not spoke to her since May. And it's just really a regretful thing. If I could give anybody advice, don't block somebody who you might never get to speak to again. Yeah, well, I understand that. Any parting so words, she, Lisa? She forgives you. She wants you to know she forgives you. And she's not holding anything against you. All is forgiven. And she knows that. Underneath everything, you guys love each other, and that's what you should remember. Lisa, do those who have passed on sometimes have emotion? They often do, yeah. They often feel regret or um, sadness or sometimes just joy. It sort of depends on, um, you know, if you live like a life. Um, so I, I sort of love the advice that Heather said at the end there, like, you know, make sure you tell people you love them and, you know, as you go. I think if we live happy, joyful lives and, you know, lives where we have a lot of faith, we cross over pretty easy. But if we have unfinished business here, um, sometimes it's, it can be a rocky. And as soon as we pass over, it often gets easier. Um, we sort of lighten up some of the things we were holding on to. But I think that, you know, the best thing we can do is live, live a life of, um, of joy and say everything you need to say as much as you can. When that day comes that you pass over, what does a psychic do on the other side? Um, I think it's the same for all of us. You know, I feel like we get we get met by our spirit guides. We get met by our loved ones who have gone before us. I feel like they help us through that transition process. I think that transition is, you know, scary for us as we're, we're as we're making that journey. And as soon as we get there, we're just filled with light, filled with joy. All of you know, we're with. We're with our angels and our loved ones, and I feel like, you know, there's a big party going on over for us most of the time. Um, and then we get some opportunity to kind of look back on our life and, and review it and really let the lessons sink in deeply. Let's go to Madonna in New York on the wild card line. Hi, Madonna. You're not the singer, though, right? No, I'm not. <laughs> Hi, George. Hi. Three and a half years I'm listening to you. It's fantastic. Hi, Lisa. You're really sincere. How are you? Hi, Madonna. I'm really good. Thanks. Okay. My father, where is he? He's always popping in and out and all. He's gone since 2009, but it's been a little too quiet. What's his name? However, What's his name, Madonna? I'm going into another house, and I know he's itchy about it. His name is Christopher, but they called him Christy. Christy. And what's your question? Will this house be sold where it's um, it's cutting it close for me to pay the taxes on one of the homes? I'm okay about it, but I have hyperparathyroidism, so I'm moving in, like, reverse. I go slow, and it's very, very hard. But mm. I know he did real estate, so I'm just wondering if 
Everything will yeah. go smoothly. Everything's going to go smoothly, for sure. Your father's watching over the whole thing. It may be like 11th hour. It may be kind of last minute. But I do think it, it's going to be, it's going to go, it's going to sell. It's going to be a good price that you get for it. And it's all going to be smooth. So don't worry. He's got it covered for you. And now, when you get that feeling, Lisa, are they telling you something or are you feeling it? It's sort of all of it. So I kind of see things, feel things, know things. Um, and, yeah, and the message comes through, like, on all the channels, George, really. It's an interesting experience. We've got Eric in Nevada City, California. Welcome to the show. Hello, Eric. Thank Hi, you for calling. How are you? No, I'm hanging in there. I'm still fighting. Following my mother's teachings, life was a fight from beginning to end, yeah. and you got to keep fighting. you so got to keep fighting. What was your mom's name? Margaret. Margaret. You want to know about her? Uh... My mother was flat-out psychic. I've seen her do things that were amazing. That's the time from when I was a kid, she'd go over to the telephone, it was ringing, she picked it up, and the first thing she said is, are you all right? And it was my sister on the other end who'd just been in a car wreck. Wow. And she was always telling me things like, if you go duck hunt, you're going to get stuck, you're going to use up most of your gas, and you're going to run out on the, on the way home, and sure enough, it's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. And when I called her, she's waiting with a five-gallon can of gas to go give me some gas, you know. Oh, that's beautiful. And I inherited a little bit of her ability. Um, but I got a lot of great instincts because I was raised on the logging job in Sierra, the Sierra Nevadas from the time I was three months old. Mm. But her abilities come to me in these stupid little afterthoughts, you know, like I was driving home with a cord and a third of green oak on my truck one night, and I looked down, and I was doing 50 miles an hour. And I thought, man, if I blow a tire now, I'm dead meat. And I slowed down to 35, and the tire blew. (laughs) And I still barely kept the truck under control. Uh, I really need to learn how to tap into this gift or curse, if you want to look at it that way. Sometimes it is. More than what I am. I follow my instincts more than anything, and I'm not really sure how to use this. Like I say, it just comes in stupid afterthoughts. What are your thoughts, Liz? I think that you can learn. You know, there's a lot in the book that I just wrote, Awakening Your Psychic Abilities. There's a lot of exercises you can do. So you've got a ton of of potential here, but you're going to need to study, to train, to learn some things. I would say take time every day to do some quiet time to do some meditation. And one of the best things you can do is start um, what I call a psychic journal, which would be writing down all of the psychic experiences you have, all those little hunches and nudges, any dreams you can remember, start writing them all down because that will help you remember them, help you bring them into focus. And whatever we pay attention to gets stronger and better. So um, I think if you do a little bit of meditation and, and starting the psychic journal, you're going to improve. And also read my book because there's a lot of great um, tools, techniques, and and real things you can really practice that are going to help you. You have a fantastic gift, and I'd love to see you develop it. How long should it take people to develop their psychic abilities generally? You know, I think it's like anything else. Like the more time we put into it and the more we practice, um, the, the stronger it gets. But I think if you put a couple of weeks or a couple of months of practice into it, you're going to notice a big difference right away. Let's go to Woody in Oregon. Welcome to the program. Hi, Woody. 
Hi, George. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you, Woody. How can we help you, sir? Okay, well, so my wife and children moved to upstate New York a year ago, a little over a year ago, and I tried to move back. I'm a gold miner. I moved back to—I didn't really move back to Oregon. I came back to Oregon to buy a gold mine, and I was here for about a month, and— my wife told me to not come back. And so recently she told me that she was going to move back to Oregon, that she couldn't afford to live in upstate New York. And I just, I guess I'm asking if she's telling me the truth. What's her name, Woody? If you want to. Her name's Kathy. Kathy. Okay. Is Kathy moving back, Lisa? What do you think? I feel like the situation is really complicated, Woody. And I don't know if there's a third party involved here. Um, you know, if your wife has, has somebody else in her life at the moment. Um, but I feel like you really need to have a very honest conversation with her. I think it could work. I think it could happen. Um, I think she misses you and, and loves you and would like to have the family back together. But I feel like there's some things that need to come out, you know, some truths that need to come out um, so everyone can make the best decision. So I, I feel like a really strong heart-to-heart with each other. Um, could clear it up. And if that, um, if that seems difficult, then maybe you get some counseling, a couple of counselor to assist you in um, sharing. You have things you need to say. She has things she needs to say, and maybe you need a little support. But I feel like if there's some d- deep truth-telling, it could happen. How many kids involved, Woody? Three children. They're 10, 12, and 14, oh, and I miss small. them so much. I bet. Yeah, we always want a family to stay together, and I just think you, you know, you need to share how you really feel, and she needs to share how she really feels, and then maybe it can work out. A little communications needed, huh? Yeah. I don't think she's been happy without you, so that's a good sign. That is. Let's take another call or two before we have to wrap things up. We go to Nebraska. Tracette is with us. That's a very different name. Hi, Tracette. Hello. How are you? Good to have you with us. What's your question? Okay. I am wondering if there are spirits whether I know them or don't know them, attached to me or attached to my house? And what can you tell me about them? Spirits. There are definitely some spirits in your house. You know, um, I think you're a bit of a spirit magnet, a ghost magnet, and that happens to people that have latent mediumship ability. So I think that you could easily learn how to train as a psychic yourself and as a medium. Um, is there a cemetery nearby you, by any chance? I think she hung up. Ah, uh, well, um, I think that she needs to study for sure. There's some there's some spirits hanging around there. Some she knows, some she doesn't know. But getting some training as a medium, and I feel like there's a cemetery involved, and all of the people who may be uneasy a little bit in the cemetery come by to hang out with her. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, but some training will help her a lot. How many people have the ability to be intuitive? You know, George, I think everyone has. You really think that? Because we keep, we keep hearing, you know, everybody has the ability, everybody's born, but not everybody yeah. can do this. Not everybody can be psychic, so psychic's a little different. Psychic is, like, really, you know, a little bit more um, extreme. But intuition is that, you know, that feeling of, like, how you feel when you meet somebody, when you have that first impression. You know, or whether you have a good feeling or bad feeling about things. And intuition is like our ability to feel, like read the room or feel what's going on. 
I think everyone has some capacity to that. A lot of times, though, we ignore it. And the more we ignore it, the more we shut it down. Lisa, do you do more in-depth readings to people over the phone or anything like that? Yeah. Yep. I do um, I do hour, half an hour and hour-long readings, and you can book them right on my website. Okay, which is your name, lisacampion.com, C-A-M-P-I-O-N.com, linked yeah. up at coasttocoastam.com. And your books are still available where? On Amazon or any place that sell books. Check out your local bookstores. We always want to support them, too. Energy Healing for Empaths, The Art of Psychic Reiki, and Awakening Your Psychic Ability. Right? All three? All three. All right, Lisa, thanks for being on the program. Thanks, George. You take care. On our next Coast to Coast show for the first two hours, we're going to talk about the potential dangers of China and what are they up to. And then later on in the program, we'll talk about Atlantis on Coast to Coast AM. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDesore, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett, I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe.